We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts, and I am joined as always by the joyous Rohan Kadi. Joyous on a Monday morning. This wasn't recorded on Monday morning, but the people don't need to know the inside baseball. I guess I just gave it away, but Rohan, how's it going? Speaking of people not knowing the inside baseball, man, if you guys could hear our entire conversation, <laughs> uh, which is why I'm in a joyous mood, but I will not uh, I will not disclose what was being discussed. But, you know, Ty, it is it is the heat of the NBA offseason. But every once in a while, we do get little nuggets of news uh, as yeah. we are here to discuss right now. But before we get into that, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this uh, podcast platform of choice, YouTube. Check out gspn.info for all of our links. Substack, uh, GSPN store uh, is up there. Just everything you can find up there. Also, you know what you should do since it's the heat of the NBA offseason? You should listen to what they're talking about, about the Brewers. Check out the other feed, Cruising for a Bruising, part of GSPN. Adam McGee of Winning Six and Andrew Snyder do a great job over there. Even though the Brewers are going through a little bit of some stuff right now, you can hear them talk about that over there. Yeah, while you're listening to this, you should be able to either right now or soon after get their thoughts on Brewers-Cardinals. That series unfortunately concluded with a Cardinals win on Sunday, but that pod should be up Monday sometime breaking down the series. So maybe not the most joyous time to tune in, but certainly I believe there's more Cardinals games down the pipe for the Brewers and obviously an important series to kind of dive into. So Check that out, but we are still rolling with the Milwaukee Bucks every week, usually multiple times a week. And the news you alluded to, Rohan, the schedule is starting to leak out. The whole schedule's not out yet. It may be out sometime this week, but, you know, most of it is pretty predictable. It's the NBA. It's not NFL, right? So we all, we all know 82 games, a lot against the Central, a lot against the East, two against the West. 
not that many surprises. We'll probably do a schedule pod, a full schedule pod, looking at maybe some of the most crucial stretches, must-see games, etc. But one of the things we don't know going in is what Christmas will look like. Huge day for the NBA. This year, I believe, going up against the NFL. So complicates things a little bit. But the Bucks are playing on Christmas. I think this is, what, many years in a row now. Thankfully, Giannis is too damn good and the Bucks are too damn good to get shafted on Christmas games despite playing in Milwaukee. But the question was, would it be the first game again? Who would the Bucks play? I think we touched on this in a pod or maybe it was a playback. I can't remember. But I remember feeling strongly that they would be the first game. And I thought Boston made a lot of sense given the playoff series. And not just that they went up in a playoff series, but like every single piece of offseason content, not just ours, not just in Milwaukee, everywhere that talks about the Bucks seems to include the sentence, oh, you know, if Chris Middleton is healthy, they probably beat the Celtics. I feel like that makes this just an obvious matchup to feature on Christmas. And the NBA did. Bucks at Celtics, the first game listed, assuming that means it's the first game on Christmas Day that Bucks will be in Boston. So Rohan... What are your thoughts on this Christmas Day matchup for us? Two years in a row also. Last season, yep. we had the Bucs uh, hosting the Boston Celtics. That was a game where the Bucs sort of fell behind, clawed their way back, led to a big Wes Matthews three uh, in transition after a block. Oh, my goodness. Wes was so fired up. Remember when Dante was on the team? You could see him fired up as well. It's just It was a great, great game. And I think that's why. Like These are the two powerhouse teams of the Eastern Conference. Which means they're the two, like, are they, they're the two best teams in the league, I'd say, potentially. They're up there. Two of two of at least the top four. Yeah. I'd say, I think they have the two best title odds right now. Top uh, yeah, two title I, th- I think that's right. I think people don't know what to do with the West right now, which makes sense. It's kind of, it's kind of odd. Yeah. So these are, these are two heavyweights. It doesn't surprise me at all. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, the Celtics uh, would for sure like to quiet that noise about exactly. hey, if Chris Middleton was healthy. I'm sure they have something they'd want to say about that. But I think we all we all think that these two teams are going to be the Eastern Conference Finals, probably. Hopefully. You know, seeding gets weird, as we've seen last year and pretty much every year. It feels like for the Bucks, seeding gets, gets weird. We, we don't really see the rightful ECF happen in the ECF all that often, but... Yeah, but uh, it'll be it'll be fun to see these two go at it on Christmas Day, especially considering the Packers are going to be playing on Christmas. Do we know what time? We should, right? No, I don't think so. Really? I thought that isn't the schedule out. I don't know. They might not have times for every game. Let's see if we can pull this up live on air, because this could be one of those. Oh, it's noon. Oh, that sucks. Oh, they're going at it at the same time or late an hour later? Probably at NBA. Oh, does no. NBA start, does NBA start 11 or 1? Yeah. 11, right? Central. 11. Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough. That is unfortunate. I wonder if they could – would you rather see them start at 10 or is that just too early? That's too early. I mean, I personally wouldn't mind. I don't But that's, that, also, that's also 8 a.m. on the West Coast. Oh, you mean for 10. Yeah. It would be great if they could, and I don't. Well, maybe it would be great if they could flex the Packer game to three. Yeah, that'd I be nice. I don't think the NFL cares them. No, I don't either. And it's like it's Packers at Dolphins, so I don't know if the Dolphins like I. Do, I'm not as plugged into the NFL. Are the Dolphins good? No, they're not good. 
What does it really matter how good you are? It's just like, why would they do it if not? Like tw- noon versus three on a typical – and I believe it is – it's just the, – the reason there's a conflict is because Christmas is just on a Sunday. So it's just a typical – yeah. So it's it's a typical Sunday slate for the NFL. It just happens to be on Christmas Day. I, you know, I, I think it would really only appease Wisconsin, so I don't think we're going to see that. And, you know, there's obviously not – it's not entire overlap. There's a lot of Bucks fans who may not care. But I think there is a lot of overlap. It is too bad because those days when you can segue perfectly from one team into another, those are great days. Like if the Bucks play an afternoon – normally it's vice versa, right? The Packers play at 12 or 3, then the Bucks play that night. That's a fun – it's a fun full day of sports. That is too bad. So yeah, it's we'll see uh, how many Bucks fans are actually plugged in. But I think probably a good amount, considering Bucks Celtics is a much better matchup, independent of fandom, than Packers Dolphins. For sure, for sure. Uh, time will tell. I guess this is going to be interesting. Do we think? Do you think if this goes well for the NFL, they're going to start doing games on Christmas? Um, I, I, mean, I mean, continue I th- doing games on Christmas. They already get to. Three out of every seven years, right? Yes. The way the calendar works, they either get one on Thursday, one on Monday, or a bunch on Sunday. I don't know if they would bend their schedule. I feel like they have this uneasy alliance of they dominate Thanksgiving and they just get other holidays as they come up. I don't know if they need to. Honestly, I feel like it's more important for the NBA to have specific days like this because the NFL has three days like this every week, right? Like you don't need it to be Christmas to be fired up for football Sunday. So I feel like they'll probably just stay as is, continue doing the Thanksgiving stuff, but I feel like they're not going to go at Christmas unnecessarily, you know, try and steal it away just because they don't really have to. I mean, it's at, at this point, own Thanksgiving. That's a cool thing that they do and just let Christmas fall as it lies. For sure. Um, like the NBA only has two holidays that are really there. It's uh, Christmas and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Exactly. Uh, but the rest of the Christmas, like what? Do they, does the NBA, I think it's like, it's just kind of like the NFL with Christmas. If it falls on New Year's, I feel like they do. Maybe that's just 2K I'm thinking of. There's like a little New Year's branding, but it's not a special slate. I'm not sure. I don't remember out there. Uh, I think it's just like, I don't know. What about a Valentine's uh, Day slate? I mean, like. Sure, that'd be that'd be a fun Valentine's Day date, I guess. The problem, I guess, is not enough people get. You need holidays people get days off for. There's yeah, not that's really true. that many of those post New Year's, Jan, Feb, March, outside of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which not not enough people get off for. But the NBA already has. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens in the future. But the rest of the rest of the Christmas schedule. We've, of course, got Bucks at Celtics. This is a, uh, terrible, a terrible Christmas schedule. 76ers at Knicks, two teams, that don't, two teams that don't deserve Christmas Day games. Uh, Suns at Nuggets. Fine. Lakers at Mavs. It's so fun that the Lakers aren't hosting, and they don't deserve to. Yeah. Um, and Grizzlies at Warriors. That's just the that's just the petty matchup right there. That's, a, that's, that's the best game on the slate, I think. Bucks Celtics is up there. Grizzlies and I think Warriors. Bucks Celtics is. I think Grizzlies and Warriors hate each other more than the Bucks and Celtics hate each other. So I think that's, that's going to be a more fun game to happen. You know, in the middle of the regular season, like because I think they're going to be more. I think I mean Bucks Celtics. They're going to be fired up, 
But I think there's some like real like spite, like true animosity. You know, like Bucks fans hate Marcus Smart, but I don't think I don't know if the Bucks do. You know what I mean? I'm sure they do. I mean, it's hard not to. That's but. fair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it, the Grizzlies, mostly the Grizzlies, have <laughs> been just jawing at the Warriors. Yeah, the Grizzlies and Draymond Green is basically. Yes. And like yeah. Andre Iguodala, who's like not really in the league anymore, but still there, I think is involved. He's Probably. just, he hosts the podcast and he just like asks the question. Draymond's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, of course, Draymond does his own. We support podcasts, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, isn't Iggy have like a venture capital firm now? I think so. I think it seems like he may actually be literally done. He was only figuratively done uh, this last season. I think the Warriors are saving him a roster spot just in case. The uh, are they going to send the uh, the signing committee like the Heat did for Udonis Haslam? Has he signed it? He uh, must have not been a very good committee. Maybe they didn't weren't persuasive enough. Maybe he wanted more. He wanted a parade. <gasps> I <can't>, <laughs> let's, go <through laughs> so slate. let's go through the slate real quick. 76ers at Knicks. Like the 76ers, I think, should have a game. I think they're an entertaining team. People want to watch. I, I mean, I think it's true. But why isn't it 76ers heat? Um, Because New York. Does it, does it really matter? And the Knicks might get Donovan Mitchell. I don't think you can stake a Christmas game on oh, it's a, the Oh, heat come on. might Ty. get Donovan Mitchell, too. And they'll be good either way. But Ty, we've been through this time and time again, year in year in year out. Like the Knicks getting Christmas Day games, we just have to accept that it's a thing. And it hasn't been for years, though. They I know, I know, but it has off. been. I know, I, I, I know. We looked it up a, a while ago. Yeah, it had been a while. But it's still a thing that's happened, and there is a precedent for it in the Hawks. league. And what the Hawks suck? What do the Knicks do? Well, I, okay, if if both if you're comparing both teams. Like, the NBA is going to put the Knicks in over the Hawks. I suppose. I, it should be Heat, in my opinion. I would rather see the Raptors get a game. I know they they basically never do. They I think they're going to be a fun team. They may have Kevin Durant. But even without that, yeah, I, I don't want to base the – I think you throw out the Nets because you assume they might not have them. And you don't want – the last thing the NBA wants is, like, you know, the Joel Embiid and James Harden going to actually – if Ben is still there, that might have actually been a fun game either way. Maybe Nets would even be better than Knicks. But I just think this is stupid. I think Heat and Sixers would have been a fun – or a Sixers-Raptors playoff rematch if Scotty Barnes' ankle doesn't explode this time. I don't know. I think – I understand New York. I get it. I know. This is like – I'm going to be opening presents and I'm not going to enjoy them. Because I'll have to watch Julius Randle play basketball versus Joel Embiid in the background. It's going to ruin Christmas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who wants who wants to see Julius Randle just take like a bunch of bunch of tough post fades? I can't wait to see Jalen Brunson not next to Luca and how good that is. It's what a stupid stupid game. Suns Nuggets. I, Hipster I, game. Yeah, is I mean, I'm happy for Nikola Jokic. Jokic yes. should play on Christmas. Clippers Nuggets. Clippers, Clippers Nuggets. Nuggets would have been better. That's the game. I, or, or Clippers Mavs. Take the Lakers up. I actually, I don't hate the Lakers playing on Christmas. I know they missed the playoffs, but if Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy, they'll probably be at least okay. And that's a ton of star power. Like, I get it. Yeah, but I'm saying like, 
clip like Clippers have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I'm saying take off the Suns. I my hot take, I think the Suns are cooked. I, I think they all hate each other. I think Aiden doesn't want to be there. I Jay Crowder's tweeting he doesn't want to be there. Boss man nine nine. Boss man nine nine wants to go boss up somewhere else. Chris Paul is nine hundred. I just I don't care to watch the Suns. After the way we saw them last, I don't think they needed to play on Christmas. I understand. Best record two years in a row or whatever. I just don't care. I am personally very low on them more than most people, I think. But I, I think Clippers probably the team that you look at this and you go, how do the Clippers not have a game on Christmas? They're probably the deepest team in the NBA. Like one they of the most talented teams be, in basketball. They could be the deepest and the best like top two in the league too. They could. Like, that's a ridiculous team. And, and something's still going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it always does with them. And, and obviously health concerns there. But I don't know, man. I mean, even if they're banged up, I think they're still going to play good basketball. And I'm sure it was health, the reason they didn't get a game. But if Kawhi and PG are healthy on Christmas and not playing, that's just, like, going to look kind of stupid. It, yeah, it really will. But uh, I guess only time will tell. Also, the Mavs don't really need a game because Luca always sucks on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Luca has I mean, a big slice of Christmas who and does not bring it that day. Christmas who? Isn't that what's the Christmas? Oh, Christmas beast. They don't eat. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't make sense if who's ate who's. That'd be a pretty dark, a pretty dark society to feature in the night before Christmas. <laughs> All right. What is it? The Grinch who stole Christmas. That's what it's called. Yeah, there is also the Nightmare Before Christmas. No, I said Night Before because that's how it starts, but I was oh. not thinking of the Nightmare <laughs> Before Christmas. Uh, we're just getting all mixed up here. But, yeah. uh, but, but who's yeah, Tony who's, as far as we know? Yes, to our knowledge. To I, um, who can say? Who uh, can say? Yeah. Uh, uh, there we go. But uh, but that's the Christmas Day schedule. That's the that's the one bit of NBA news that we that we get to beg for and get scraps of. Yeah, we're basking in it too. We love it. Oh yeah, Pigs we've got like slop. fifteen minutes on it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited the Bucks are playing though. I, it has become a nice part of my Christmas to carve out a couple hours to watch Milwaukee. It, it's it's cool. It is very cool. I will say that. But uh, what we've got uh, actually Bucks related that's actually happening is that Greece has started playing. Team Greece, the Greek national team, has started playing. And, of course, we have Bucks playing on that team. We have Thanasis Atetokounmpo. We have Kostas, uh, or Alex, with not uh, not a member of the final team. He did get cut, as we talked about last episode. But uh, we also have Kostas, who made the team, not a member of the Bucks yet. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> of course, we have the Giannis guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's been playing. That guy. Uh, the Bucks have played two games as of the time of recording this. Greece. They, we, we, each, we, each <laughs> yeah, it it. we each keep doing it. Yep. Greece has played two games, uh, two friendlies against Spain, one in Greece and one in Spain. Yeah. Uh, that's how you do friendlies. Uh, they have a couple days off before they start the Acropolis tournament, which starts on Wednesday. Uh, but Is in it game Wednesday, one, August 25th? No, 19. Oh, it's 19. Okay, my mistake. I think so. Great, now I have to double check. <laughs> 17th, sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, you were right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Yeah, so game one against uh, Spain happens on, what day was that? Was that Thursday? I think that was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday and Thursday. With the oh, yeah, games. Tuesday and Thursday. So Tuesday... Um, Giannis did play in that game. Uh, the second game, Giannis did not play, but in game one time, that was, that was fun. Was that not fun? That was awesome. So I got to watch this live and I know we talked about it on a pod sense, but shout out the discord. It was fun watching that with a bunch of Bucks fans, all of whom were starved for Bucks basketball, especially Brewers were on a bit of a skid then. So they bounced back a little bit since then, but um, it was good to unplug from them for a little bit and watch Giannis, who anytime you can watch Giannis, you've got to do it. And unlike the last time we saw Giannis with Team Greece, which was a few years ago now, he is not off to the side watching other guys dribble. He is not struggling to uh, impress his will upon both teams, as we're used to seeing over here stateside and in Canada. Giannis was dominant. You know, a couple possessions early, you know, he gets fouled and missed, I think missed a free throw, kind of didn't get involved in the first couple possessions. And then something just kind of happened in that game where he figured it out and the rest of the Greek team kind of figured it out. And the possession that stands out to me was he's on a fast break with Nick Kalaitis, who I know you personally maybe despise as strong, but you certainly don't trust. And Kalaitis doesn't pass to him. Giannis and him on a fast break he keeps it pulls up and does like this leaning floater within the arc and it bounces out Giannis gobbles up the rebound and slams it home and from that point on every Greek possession if they didn't generate an open shot or if Giannis wasn't involved right away anyway went through Giannis when he was on the court and he dominated like this Spain team is not great 
But still, the international game, it's harder to score, as Luka Doncic has talked about, especially, you know, if you're not a knockdown shooter. But it did not look hard for Giannis. He put up 31 points in 20 and a half minutes in the friendly against Spain. He was 9 for 10 from 2, 2 for 3 from 3. I I guess I shouldn't say if you're not a shooter because he was taking some shots and knocking them down. Also 7 for 10 from free throw added 10 rebounds. And that's funny because I think at halftime he had like three or so. Like he was not gobbling up boards in the first half, but the second half he totally takes over. Three assists, one steal, uh, and two turnovers for Giannis. So basically, you know, utter domination that we're used to. You know, easy double-double, a couple assists, everything else. And what was cool about this game too was it wasn't – the Greek team ended up winning by a lot. But it was a pretty close game in the second half because Giannis sat for a lot of the third and I think part of the early fourth as well. And Spain got within eight, I believe. And then Giannis came back in and that was all over. He totally, both ends, just completely took over the game. And it was just so fun to watch because you know it means a lot to him to play for Greece. I think people who are against Giannis playing over there for, you know, regardless of of any, any circumstance or whatever... I just think that's short-sighted. You don't understand what it means to him and who are we to tell Giannis what he should prioritize. But it was so awesome, like, seeing a Greek crowd go crazy, Giannis loving it, his teammates loving it. Exactly, not exactly like, obviously, some differences, but it was reminiscent of, you know, Giannis tearing it up with the Bucks, And so fun to, A, just to watch more Giannis, I'm always down for that, and B, to watch Giannis, how he should look with the Greek team. And it seems like that's what we're getting this summer, which is really exciting. It really is. Uh, this was his career high scoring with the Greek national team uh, with 31 points. Yeah. 31, but his previous career, uh, high with the national team was 26, I believe. Uh, so yeah, it was just, it was a fantastic show and he showed why he is recognized as the best player on the planet. And he does get to show this on the world stage, not just the NBA stage, the world stage. Like these, these games are going to be difficult for uh, at least these initial games. The Eurobasket should be more accessible, but like these are difficult to watch for U.S. audiences because they're not catered to U.S. audiences. This is catered for Greek fans. This is catered for European fans. Like this is a completely different stage, and it's great to see that Giannis just he's Giannis out there. It's it's incredible. I just we're we're so lucky. That's all I'll say. We're very very lucky. So. 2019 was the last time, at least that, that I can pull up here on the Real GM stats page, Giannis played in the FIBA World Cup with Greece. In about 25 minutes a game, so five more minutes than he played in this friendly, he averaged 14.8 points. In the 2016 Olympic qualifier, he averaged 15.3. 2015 Eurobasket, 9.8 points. So like, if you weren't aware of, of previous, like it, it might sound silly to say, oh, the last time he played over there, you know, he wasn't his dominant self. You might be thinking like, oh, was he averaging like, you know, 23 and eight? Like, no, he just like wasn't really in the flow of the team, did not look like Giannis. So, you know, it might have been silly, but there was, I think, you know, the carry rule, I believe is different. It's easier to defend the rim due to some lane changes, the flow of the game, the more physical, I feel like usually defense that you see. I think there was at least a little bit of concern, like, is it just not a good game suited for Giannis? 
in addition to the Greek team not being built well and not not you know maximizing what he can do, it was fun to see in like five minutes that no Giannis can dominate Giannis could dominate slam ball Giannis could dominate the three on three game like it doesn't matter if it's a basketball or probably just anything but if it's a basketball format Giannis is going to dominate and it got me really excited to watch like Eurobasket and some of the high stakes games Greece will play because we're going to get to see like world eater Giannis in the international stage for the first time. And I think, you know, we're far from it. They've We've seen him play one friendly this year, but winning Eurobasket and then later potentially, you know, a great showing in the Olympics themselves, these would be like legacy defining things for Giannis. Like maybe not defining, but, you know, certainly huge parts of, what he overall could accomplish as a basketball player. Can can you imagine Greece playing U.S. for the gold medal in you know the Olympic what? Games? It, it sounds crazy. I do think we're going to see the U.S. have a tougher time if they don't start to actually recruit more of the best players. Because, I mean, we've – maybe not in this sense, but if you look at – look at a top five list of NBA players are – if you're lucky, are, are, are is one – a U.S. player? Yeah, depends. I, think so. I mean, it, you know, health factors in. If Kawhi and, and Steph, I guess you could say, but Joel Embiid, no. Giannis, no. Luca, no. Jokic, no. So obviously, you know, the whole, you know, out the 90th percentile down. There's a huge U.S. advantage, right? They have way more players, but the top of the top, I, I think it can get a little bit interesting from here on. Like out. the the team USA won't have the best player on the court. No. Not against Greece, not against Serbia. Can you also imagine Chris versus Giannis for a gold medal? Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, I worry about Chris in that scenario. Chris and Drew, potentially, against Giannis. Yeah, the I don't know why I forgot Drew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Drew more likely to be featured after how he looked. What did we watch? Was that the Olympics last time? Yeah, it was, it was the right? Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I think it's. I think we're gonna actually we're set up whatever the next Olympics is, twenty twenty four or whatever. I think we're set up for like some really compelling basketball games: Spain, Serbia, Slovenia, Greece, U.S. Spain. Eh. Oh, I meant to say France. Sorry. Yeah, France with Wemby. France will have Embiid by that time. Embiid's not France team. He's he's switching. He's getting a new citizenship. He is. Has he ever – I thought you couldn't – has he never played uh, – he probably hasn't, right? Played adult-level FIBA competition? Nope. So he's oh. going to be able to play for the French national team. Oh, my God. Embiid and Gobert on the same team is hilarious. Embiid, Gobert, Wembyana. I don't know what you do with that. I don't know how you do that offensively, but I don't know what you do with that defensively either. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be fun. But, yeah, I just think we're in for a pretty fun time of international basketball. And I think the U.S. will still have the inherent advantage – at the end of the day of, okay, your best player is better. Our second best player through 12th best players are all probably significantly better if they recruit well. It's a big if. But I do think we could get some really fun matchups. I we need, I think we probably need one more Greek player to really pop for Greece to win. But you know how I feel about betting against Giannis. Never something that I like to do. Yeah, but that will be tough considering what we saw in the second game. <laughs> which was not, as I mentioned earlier, Giannis did not play, uh, held out because of knee soreness, which is, quote, uh, code for rest. Yeah, 
for Giannis. Giannis could sit out every game. We've got we've got Oppenheimer on the coaching staff now, so yeah, we're using Bucks terminology now. And, and oh, Bud we're not saying there. rest; it's knee soreness. Bud is there too. Yeah, Bud is there. Uh, he's not with the team in an official capacity, but he is there as a spectator, which is fun. It's it's awesome to see Coach Bud living it up in Greece. I was gonna say, like, talk about. I mean, getting points from me and others, like I tweeted, like, this is amazing. I, I think I did a hashtag Bucks culture. Like, Bud is going over to hang out with Greece and Thanasis and, and be with the national team. And not, again, not, I don't think it's an official capacity, but be around at least to some extent. But also it's like, yeah, I'm just going to expense this trip to Spain and Greece and just hang out and live over there. Like, talk about a win-win for Bud, right? It's awesome. It's, it's so good. Uh, but Greece did lose this game 87 to 80. Yeah, it was tough. It was in, tough for them fairness, offensively. In fairness, in addition to Giannis, Slokis and Papianis both also sat out. And they also sat out the first game as well. So, you know, not just down only Giannis, but probably three starters. So, you know, I think maybe taking the whole friendly thing to heart and trying to be a little friendly and give Spain a shot in Spain and and. You know, the Hernan Gomez bro- brothers, are they? No, it's just Wancho, I think. Willie played in this one. Did he? Yeah, but are they brothers? Yeah, they're brothers. Okay, I don't want to make the, the, the Bogdanovich mistake again several years later. But the Hernan Gomez guys played well. We got uh, we got Billy and Bo Cruz. Oh, yeah, I said Willie. Billy, sorry. Oh, it's spelled Willie. Yeah, yeah. I always It always gets me. Shout out to Billy Hernan Gomez. But uh, yeah, the next time we will see Greece play will be in the Acropolis tournament, as I mentioned. This is a yearly thing that uh, uh, Greece does before international competitions. Uh, it's hosted in Greece. There's going to be Poland there, t- Turkey there, Georgia there, uh, and Greece, of course. And they are going to be playing to see who's going to come out of this tournament victorious. It's basically just warm-ups uh, for international competition. But Greece will play Poland on Wednesday, August 17th. And they will play Georgia on Thursday, and then they will play Turkey on Friday. So it is back to back to back games. I don't know if we see Giannis play all of those games. Probably not. I'd say probably two of them. Probably yeah. the first and the third one. Yeah, that's. I'd say. Right. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, do we have any other notes on Just, Greece? It's the Acropolis tournament, so. Probably a bigger deal to Greece than than we would understand. And this one in particular, I believe it, this is the longest Greece has gone without winning one in, wow, a very long time. Like since the first three, and these were so long ago, Yugoslavia won the first three. No longer a country. So Greece never lost or never didn't win, I should say, gold for three straight years until the last three. Serbia, Serbia, Georgia won 17, 19, and 21. So would be a big deal if Greece does prevail in the Acropolis tournament. They were silver medal the last two years. It's kind of fun to look through this and like see some of the teams that have participated. BYU Cougars in 2011. What? Yeah. Uh, college NCAA D1 All-Stars got the silver medal in uh, tw- 1998. In 96, the NIT All-Stars. Interesting. Yeah. Duke Blue Devils played in 88. Wow. Yeah. The uh, Acropolis Tournament, man. It gets kind of funky. So at least according to Wikipedia, if someone lied on Wikipedia, I'm sorry. But 
Uh, I don't think we have any teams like that participating this year, but uh, I could not tell you. Uh, but yeah, do we have do we have any other notes on international basketball? Uh, I think we're good. Just just reiterating our excitement. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we have one one other thing we wanted to talk about, and that's there's there's two big trade chips or two big two big players who are still undecided and what's going to happen with them next season. Apex scores, apex wings. Who are we talking about, Ty? We're talking about Jordan Warren and Kevin Durant. Yep, exactly. Those are the two players that came to mind for everyone. <laughs> Screw Donovan Mitchell. Uh, also, <laughs> Colin Sexton, still a free agent. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe these are connected somehow, Ty. Let's reiterate. So it's it's worth talking about. I, I did a long Substack piece and solo pod, basically narrating the Substack piece. So. Which you should all check out. Yeah, yeah. For my full thoughts, the curious case of Jordan Wara, both on the GSPN Substack and here, wherever you're listening to this pod, just scroll back a few pods. You'll find it. So I I won't go through everything again, but a quick refresher. And then I want your thoughts, Rohan. But, you know, the Bucks cannot take back a player in a sign-and-trade. They're way way too much salary. But they can send one away. So they can sign-and-trade Wara to a team with cap room. Personally, I think it's likely that a team – is interested in him, but waiting until the Durant slash Kyrie Irving slash Donovan Mitchell stuff shakes out. Either maybe Utah, who would just need scoring, maybe a team that's in the mix for those guys, or waiting for something else to happen with that trade. Who knows? But I think it was interesting. Tony East, who does a great job covering the Pacers, pointed out to me after I first released that article, the Bucks could get themselves a little bit of a... Um, Tra- a trade exception if they just send him somewhere. So that that could be all they end up with. Maybe they keep Jordan Wara. Maybe they get some sort of draft compensation back. I think it's unlikely they take a player back, but they could do that too. But they could sign and trade him. He could sign an offer sheet. Bucks could match. And he can also sign the um, qualifying offer whenever he wants to just be on a one-year deal. So he's got a relative amount of security for an unsigned free agent of his stature, right? Like, He's feeling better than Colin Sexton, who wants a big deal and is not getting it. Wara, I think it feels likely to me that there's some team interested. But, you know, again, for I talked for a long time about this. I think I've talked enough about Jordan Wara. But, Rohan, what are your thoughts on this odd Jordan Wara saga that it seems like Bucks fans are kind of mystified by and for good reason? It's just so weird, right? Like a player of Jordan Wara's stature. Like, no disrespect to Jordan Wara. You're one of the best basketball players on the planet. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be holding this up, I think he ends up just signing the qualifying offer. Honestly, I think whatever team is interested, I know you talked about this, uh, whatever team is interested and they're just sort of waiting it out, I don't think it really matters to them that much. Like who's lining up to give him like a like a significant enough deal to warrant not signing the qualifying offer and not like for, for in preparation of training camp? I think yeah. he just signs the qualifying offer. And then the Bucks has a problem. Then why has I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. That so that's where the I feel like have you seen um Knives Out? No, I actually haven't. Oh, there's a great where the guy's like, uh, I don't understand it, but it fascinates me. So here's the the key part that's weird. They extended him a qualifying offer early. This kind of surprised us. So again, the full CBA explanation and stuff is all in my longer war thing, but 
This means basically makes him a restricted free agent, so he can't just sign anywhere. He can, but it's an offer sheet the Bucks can match. And there's some specific rules on what it can look like. They, the Bucks could have revoked that, like I think it was more than a month ago, or about a month ago now, up until whenever they wanted, and they didn't. And they let it go past that point. And now they don't have the option. War would have to consent, and there's no reason for him to do that unless – Unless they wanted to help him sign somewhere else easier, which, as you may remember, that's what happened with Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker, they they yanked the QO. They let him be unrestricted. He signed two years, whatever, in Chicago. He couldn't have signed that as a restricted free agent. So, you know, I wouldn't see that happening. But it seems to me like the Bucks and Wara think slash at least the Bucks thought, you know, around this time last month, something was out there. Because otherwise – you know, you don't. You could sign him if you pull the qualifying off. You could just sign him on a minimum. You're only losing like a like a little bit of. I mean, he could leave, but again, there's clearly not that much of a market. It's very strange, and honestly, at this point, I just want it to resolve because I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens. If he just signs the QO, that's kind of boring. Good for him. He's got you know two million locked in or whatever. But if there is some team, I'm just going to be like, I need the wind horse swiveling around in the chair, fingers up explaining why it happened this way because and I'm probably the only one who cares this much, but the whole thing is fascinating. And it is, they it is very something out there. The question now, is there something out there? I think. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Considering like if he does sign the qualifying offer, what do the bucks do? Cause they don't have a roster spot for him. Yeah. Who, who are they cutting? Are they just, are they cutting Jordan after signing the qualifying <laughs> They would have until the first day of the regular season to clear the spot. Could be via trade. It could be. We, we'll see. This is. It, I'm glad we brought this up because this is very, very fascinating. Let us know what you think is going to happen also. Yeah. yeah, let's hear some predictions. Let me just see. Give us some, give us some conspiracies because my thing is that it's related to Colin Sexton and Kevin Durant in a triple sign-and trade that isn't possible, but somehow I will be made cannot, possible. Cannot sign-and-trade a player who is already signed. You just have to rain on my parade, Ty. Every damn time. No, it's a three-way trade where the Bucks get Colin Sexton, the Cavs get Kevin Durant, and the Nets get Jordan War. Can't, can't happen. The Bucks would have to get Kevin Durant, which I think is probably... Okay, okay. fine. I guess the Bucks <laughs> will take Kevin Durant, Ty. Yeah, if, you, if you're twisting my leg, twisting my arm, twisting my leg, twisting they, my I arm. they though. do have a roster spot. They do? I think so. What? Unless I'm miscounting here on Spot Track. Hold up here. Portis, 11, 12, 13. I think they have one still. So they would just have... Yeah, I think... I think, well... Vildoza and Wigginton are if, – if you don't count them, who they're not on real NBA deals, I think then they're at 14 with Surge. Okay. With Tucker also gone. So I think yeah, they would have Yeah, Ray John Tucker is in the Euro League. Yeah, he's – no, he's in uh, he's in oh, wait. the Australia. Australia. He's NBA. Australia. Sorry. Yeah, so they, they would just have a full roster, which we did not expect them. Again, it's, it's a, a non-insignificant amount of luxury tax to have a guy in Jordan War who like – already didn't play when they were healthy, and now you have more wing players. Yeah, it, it's... Is he just not going to play with the Bucks even if he's back again? Like Hurt season? Oh, God, he's not going to like that. I, I don't know. 
it's better it's than very, not being in the NBA. Exactly. Yeah, it's better than not getting that check at all. I mean, you lose some opportunity, but you lock in another year of, of NBA earnings. Plus, it is nice whenever you can bank another year of service because that's how your minimums and maximums go up in the NBA. For sure. But yeah, it's just going to, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating for sure. We will obviously stay tuned and I think God, it'll probably be our next emergency pod. Hopefully anything else probably would be bad news, but our next emergency Unless it's a pod. trade. Yeah, yeah, it could be a trade as well. For but, Kevin Durant. All right. Well, I think now that we've talked about acquiring <laughs> Kevin Durant and Colin Sexton, that, that tells me. Oh, we're, we're getting both of them? Rohan, I got to start. I got to get some music I can cue up here. And then we can we can play you off. You you know what you should get? We should get vetoes. So like each of us gets something we can veto the other person from going off on tangents on. Mm. I'm sure you would uh, veto my Kevin Durant thing right yeah. away. So yeah, I can yeah. never talk about that again. Well, I, but then you could open you, – you'd have to start pivoting to more and more bizarre topics and try and bait me into using it. And then you could just immediately – so about Kevin Durant on the books. Oh, that's uh, – you, you ruined my trick already. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I figured you were you see, gonna. You don't you don't go on enough weird tangents for me to I know, to warn I don't know to warn me having vetoes. It's just to, me. You have to veto my veto. <laughs> no, you can't veto a veto. That's okay. one of the rules. Okay. Well, if that's a rule. What I have last episode, the height surgery. Yeah, I was gonna say I might. I think I would have vetoed. I would have let you do KD. I would have not had to hear about bones. Isaiah Thomas's bones being sawed in half so he could be six seven in two years. If you haven't listened to the last pod yet, that's you're clearly missing quite a bit. Uh, YouTube comments loved it. Yeah, they did. They really did. Uh, yeah, we should wrap this up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Uh, make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening to this YouTube podcast platform of choice. Check out gspn.info for all of our links, including Substack, merch store, everything, cruising for a bruising, anything that may come in the future. Uh, but yeah, uh, pod random, and we'll talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.